one all right. Almost tore my arm off. Jean's clean. A pussycat. Almost. Hi, Curly. Look, someone vandalized our park last night, uh, smashed uh, some of our buildings and injured a few of our guards. Well, Gene, they think it was you. Think? It was him. Or his twin. Gene's brother was an only child. Easy, Catman. They are serious. And they've got guns. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shocking Things. This is going to be our Halloween special. Uh, we have a uh, guest, Keith from Geek Time TV. How are you doing, Keith? I'm good, John. Thanks for having me. No, it's it's great to talk to you finally. Uh, we both have similar passions. Star Trek is one, and Kiss is another one. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how I, I found your podcast, a mutual friend of ours. Yes. Uh, Anamenta from The Pint. Yes, yeah. Sent so me the that, link to your show, the Kiss show, and said, You're like, you'll love this. Yes. I yeah, heard and, then he, <laughs> and then I listened to yours that you did. And yeah, it's like, Oh, wow, we're very, very similar. I have similar experiences. Uh, well, what so. freaked me out during your Kiss thing is you were name dropping people I know. And I'm like, Yeah, I know. <laughs> you never hear that this normally. Is really right? weird. Like, how does he know all the same people I do? <laughs> yeah. No, it's definitely funny. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so I figure you're the perfect person. Uh, the average person, they think about Halloween. That's it. That's uh, that's the the videotape Keith is uh, showing. Uh, Good Times Video, 1988, correct? Correct. Okay. Wow. Good call. Uh, a lot of people think about Frankenstein, you know, Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, the mummy, you know, those type of things are on Halloween. Well, this is even better our episode because it has those characters and gene paul ace and peter all right it doesn't get any better than that for a halloween special right uh, partial peter because uh oh wait <laughs> michael bell did his voice that's that was the most amazing thing when i found that out later how what is the story now there's numerous stories right that the, his accent he had the Brooklyn accent they couldn't understand them say talisman is that one of the stories part that's one of the rumors the other one is that he never showed up for the looping sessions yeah because he was busy doing extracurricular activities yes. right is that yes. that's the other story yeah so he didn't show up for the sessions for whatever reason so and that's why they had to get Michael Bell who's done uh, hundreds of cartoon characters right G.I. Joe Transformers the Smurfs right Spider-Man's Amazing Friends I mean just tons Rubik the Amazing Cube is another one I don't know if anybody remembers that one but he wow, did no that's a good one yeah uh, Plastic Man uh, Super Friends so I mean this guy's he's, he's done it all and he's actually done you know traditional acting too but he's mostly known for the voice acting and this is a Hanna-Barbera production so that they they had him on speed dial like wait we need somebody who's perfect at doing voices right so he's a good choice because as a kid it totally fooled me actually it oh fooled me right up till i was an adult yep i had no same thing i had no idea and this was we're talking about halloween so this was released around halloween time it was a tv movie on nbc released october 28 1978 question keith mm -hmm. when was the first time you saw Kiss Me, some Phantom of the Park. What was the date? October 28th, 1978? Yeah, 1978. I saw, Did you see I, it? I saw it. Um, my mom made me take a nap so I could okay. stay up and watch it. I I was uh, at that point nine years old and like my whole life was Kiss. My whole life. And I could not wait to see it. And <laughs> I remember, God, it had to be 40 minutes in or so. I, I I was thinking this is not good, is it? But I was trying to keep really at nine years old. Yeah, I was like, well, first of all, they don't even show up for like the, the whole beginning when you're eight, nine years old is so dull and so the, well, the whole beginning is so odd. You have this the parks this is filmed in Six Flags Magic Mountain in California. And the whole premise is how would you describe it just it's a failing amusement park right yeah i guess it's a the the uh, guy who does the animatronics the mad scientist if you will is uh basically i think he's trying to kind of save his job by discrediting the uh, hot new act in town <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah so this you know the mission sales aren't good you know they don't care about the animatronics anymore that he makes so they so the owner 
has to uh, figure out a way to, to get people to come in. And Kiss were the hottest band in 1978, right? I mean, so that does make sense to get Kiss to be the band to come in to, to sell more tickets, a Kiss concert, and right? I mean, with the price of admission, you'd be there, right? If it was oh my God. local to you at nine years old. That would be so oh. awesome. It, would be, it definitely would be amazing. So it's amazing that you saw it. See, I didn't see it until it came out. So that was 1988. So I found out about it on VHS because I mean, I was four when this was released. So I was too young to really, I didn't discover Kiss until I was five. So I didn't know they existed yet. So I found out about Kiss and then they just stumbled across this movie. And uh, so I was, what, 14 then? And you were smarter than me at nine, apparently, because <laughs> I was just like, wow, this is great. It's like I knew some of it was definitely ridiculous, but I was just happy to see the fact that this was actually made. I was just happy. <laughs> I, I think for me, John, I, I, I saw Star Wars when it came out, too. Mm -hmm. And that was life changing. Yeah, I was eight years old and it just blew me away. So then here we are a calendar year later and. Yeah, it was cool to see Kiss, and I loved every moment that they were on the screen. But when when they started using their superpowers and stuff, I was like, "Oh, you're comparing those effects, right? Right to, uh, to like the John Dykstra effects." So and yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you look at it in that sense, then yeah, definitely <laughs> yeah, because you're comparing it. I'm comparing it. I'm just looking at it as more like, "Oh, well, this is cool." I'm looking at it as a nostalgia type exactly. '70s thing. So I'm not looking at it with a critical eye like you were. Like this, this isn't like or even Battlestar Galactica, right? Exactly. You know, that's on TV at the same time. And, and that looked pretty the, good. Yeah. So this was, yeah, the, the effects of this were definitely, uh, definitely it a doozy. It wasn't me just the visual effects, the bad, dopey cartoon sound effects. Like, and the music, the music you could tell since Hanna Barbera, you could tell it's like the cartoon type music. Mm -hmm. uh, the dialogue, I mean, we used to joke around as my brother and a friend Dave when we first found out about this movie and we would just walk around to start quoting things from this movie. These men are serious and they have guns. It was like, the acting is just so t that we noticed. It's like, Oh boy, the acting is really, really bad in this. Yeah. My, my brother and I would do the same thing, you know, like uh, Gene's brother was an only child. <laughs> Easy cat, man. They are serious. You know, like, <laughs> Oh, you couldn't right. tell they're reading. As I got older, you can tell they're just reading their lines off cards. And oh, yeah, yeah. They deliver yeah. it with absolutely no nuance whatsoever, except Gene. Like, Gene looked like he was taking it serious. He was. You're right. He was. Out of all of them, I'd say he definitely was the one who was uh, definitely, I think he was, wasn't, yeah, he wasn't drinking or anything like that, right? So he was actually in the trailer studying the whole time, looking in the mirror, going over these lines. Well, and as we Devereaux, right? You just get because Devereaux in the mirror, probably. <laughs> he, uh, as we found out later, you know, he he made a, an attempt at an acting career through Hollywood. So I think he kind of saw this as an audition for himself. And uh, the actor who played is a Calvin Richards. Now he's the the park owner for Magic Mountain. Mm -hmm. uh, Carmine Caridi is the actor's name. I was actually watching the commentary. The other thing we have to mention, too, there's an alternate version for the non-U.S. market or the European market called Attack of the Phantoms. Yeah. And that's on, I'm sure you have this, too, uh, the Kissology Volume 2, where you could watch this. Fortunately, I don't have the you Kissologies don't? anymore. I did. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, it's on there with commentary. I was watching this with the commentary. And he was saying, Carmine Caridi, how that's the one KISS member of all of them that said, he pulled him aside and said, Gene, you're actually very good. I could see you doing this in the future. So just remember that. So keep studying and don't just, you know, do this as a lark. Just pursue this. And he's like, oh, okay. And he said he, he listened to him. He says, okay. Right. Found that interesting. And all that he needed was five years to go by so they could take the makeup off. In 83, That's it. and he could then he immediately started acting and kind of you could tell, I mean, his effect on the Kiss albums in the mid 80s was apparently like he was well, that, that was what was it now really with Animalize, right? Was that where the the turning point was like how like Paul had to do a lot of the work because yep. he was too busy acting. 
Yeah, he made two or three movies that year, I believe. They Runaway with Tom Selleck was the big Runaway one. Runaway was the big one. That was promoted, I'm sure you remember, very, very big at the time. Oh, yeah. that was. I ran right out and saw it because Gene was in it. And I thought he did a decent job. Yeah, no, he was. he's very good as a villain. And I guess they had the hair in the ponytail. Every time he's a villain, if you notice, he was in the episode of The Hitchhiker. I don't know if you've seen that before. Yep. He's a drug lord, hair in a ponytail, and a suit. So that's the classic Gene, uh, the crime right. lord, right? Uh, so look. He, can, he can brood with the best of them. You know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but the acting otherwise, I mean, uh, when you're talking about the beginning of the film, how odd this was, it was very odd how you're at the park. He's explaining that Calvin Richards how the, had to get kissed because of the low admission sales. And you see these kids... Uh, you've been, I'm sure you've been to numerous amusement parks, right, over the years? Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen kids just making a pyramid in the middle of a walkway? No. I, <laughs> I haven't either. They're randomly doing that, and this biker gang just, like, kicks them down <laughs> and knocks them over, which the I thought was gang. hilarious. The head of the biker gang, because this is how nerdy uh, I was at the time in the early 80s, was played by John Henry Johnson. Mm-hmm. And he ended up the pilot in the Twilight Zone, the movie, Twenty Thousand uh, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet with John Lithgow. So, uh, that's how pathetic I would uh, recognize people. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he's done, because looking, he's, he's a, lot, a character actor. He has a lot of credits. He was in yeah. Close Encounters also, 48 yeah. Hours. So, I mean, he's he's done a lot of stuff, which I was yeah. impressed with. Uh, who else? Did, uh, for the other a biker. Oh, Dirty D, Lisa Jane Persky. Uh, she was in the film Coneheads, at least. Oh, wow. That's the most notable. That's the most notable thing. So, um, and Slime. He was an alligator. <laughs> in, in Dark Man. I don't know if you've ever seen that. The, oh uh, yeah, Sam I like Dark movie. Man. Dark. He was in that too. So, uh, yeah. So I was impressed. So as now, were your friends were they watching this too at the same time? In 1978, uh, they, they might have been uh, my next door neighbors, uh, Matt and Alan, were Monster Kiss fans as well. We used to, um, I don't know if you remember the King po- King Flower Power Hour was on Sunday nights, and uh, they would once in a while they'd have a Kiss night, and we'd I we'd okay. all go over there and huddle around the stereo because yeah, stereos were not portable at the time. Yes. And, uh, and just listen. And uh, even though we had all the records, we'd still just have to go listen to them on the radio. Yeah, there's something about the fact that you don't know the randomness. What song are they going to play, right? Yeah, or a live version we never heard, or just just some, sure. something we might that might surprise us. But uh, you know, it was a it was a great time to be a kid. I think living in the the late '70s and through the early '80s like that. I I agree. Yeah, you mentioned Star Wars. Just being at a young age being hit with star wars Battlestar galactica i mean Fox star Rock. trek the motion picture all these things all at once right you're just bombarded. Moon, Moonraker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah definitely it was an amazing time but uh, you didn't but the, have the constant bombardment of dis- digital distractions and everything it was well like- you're right it, everything was more of it like this was a special event right this means a fandom park or around Halloween time. Now it's like there's a special event every week now. There's a new Marvel TV series, right? There's a new Star Wars TV series. There's new, right? There's always something new. It's constant. Yeah, it's yeah. overwhelming. Yeah, but back then everything was, like you said, an appointment, an event. Just listening to a Kiss album was an event. You had to sit down in front of your stereo on yeah. the floor or in a chair and listen. Yeah. You couldn't. Pick it up and take it on yeah. the phone. That's it. You want to see a concert, you have to actually go to the concert. You can't just okay. go on YouTube and say, eh, well, I'll just watch it tomorrow on YouTube, exactly. right? right. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, definitely a different time. Uh, what else? Now, this was directed by Gordon Hessler. I was looking now, I didn't realize this. He did uh, the Oblong Box and Scream and Scream Again with Vincent Price, Peter Cushing, and Christopher Lee. I thought yep. that was pretty interesting. That is interesting. And did a first TV credits. He did Kung Fu, Wonder Woman, and Chips. So okay. that I think that when I, when you think of like Wonder Woman in this, that that fits in. I'd say I was right. Just say the same thing. It really has the same vibe as the Wonder Woman show. There isn't it now. I haven't seen it in years. Now it's triggering memory. 
there was an amusement park episode of Wonder Woman. I don't know if you remember that by any chance. Don't. Now I have to rewatch it to see how similar it is to this plot now. But uh, but uh, it's written by Jan Michael Sherman and Don Boudet, which I've never heard of before. Have you? No. No. And they work together in a movie we have to see called She's Too Hot to Handle. It's a female James Bond type character. So it sounds pretty interesting. It does. So I guess this killed her career, apparently, right? The the, the dialogue that they wrote? It could be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'd venture a guess that they were writing this as they went along. I mean, it, it really doesn't feel like it went through any drafts whatsoever. <laughs> now, I don't know if you, this is another thing I read. I think this was in um, a few different sources. One... I think it was Gene Simmons, one of the Gene Simmons uh, autobiographies about how they would talk to the cast, the the band members, talk to them about their personality, just how they are as people. And then Ace would just go, ah, uh, so Ace was upset. Like, why didn't you give me that much dialogue? Like, well, all you did was make sound effects the whole time we're talking to you. So we didn't know <laughs> what, what your character was. <laughs> Which is all he does in the movie. Yes, so uh, yeah, no. they they were a little bit of dialogue, right? Yeah, they did. They gave him some good lines here and there, but um, you know, Ace and Peter at the time were going through their 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 phase. Their they're they're demons. They're as demons. They say, and not Gene Simmons, different type of demon. Yeah, yeah, and um, Peter in particular was, I think, done with the band. I think he was just mentally checked out because he really that was it. They did the solo albums after that. Yeah, and and he was done because he didn't play on the next two albums, Dynasty or Unmasked, even though he was featured on the cover. Yeah, did one of the tours. He did the Dynasty tour, but he was done. Who was it? Anton Fig was he on Dynasty? Yeah, and there's another guy too. Um, oh God, Valentine. Kevin okay. Valentine. But yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like you're saying, so Gene, a lot of acting, probably the most out of all of them, he's the most known. Like you said, Runaway. Uh, another uh, Halloween season, trick or treat. Trick or treat. Yep, he was like a Ozzie's Wolfman Jack. Yes, Ozzy's was like a priest in there, right? Yeah, that was <laughs> like one of those uh, televangelist guys. Yes, yeah, it's worth watching just for that. Um, and there's a whole different generation of people I know that like Gene Simmons because they watch Family Jewels that don't know anything about, yeah. don't even care about the music, just like Family Jewels. Uh, the other interesting thing, if you watch, I'm sure you did, you're like me, you're watching everything when the Kiss reunion started in 1996 and they just blew up again. It's almost like how this, how big they were in seven and 78, they blew up again, right? In 96. It was crazy in 96. And I kind of, I was a little upset about it mm -hmm. because I, I, I liked the current lineup that they had. Mm -hmm. Kulik and Eric Singer. And I thought that they were like at their peak. And then to just dismiss those two guys to bring back these two head cases, it's really kind of bothered. it was yeah they they saw how with the do the unplugged the MTV unplugged yeah. they saw the the reception for that and they saw plus they were Paul doing and the dot yes that's right yeah start off did it start off first with the convention where yeah Peter they appeared. brought Peter to the one of the conventions and it yeah yeah it worked out great and then just and then I think it was Eric Singer that said hey why don't we right it was. Yeah. He shot himself in the foot with that, right? So, <laughs> that all ended then, up okay for him anyway. It did. It did. Uh, the other thing I want to mention to you, since uh, Eric Singer's on my brain, if you watch this, the other thing when you – you'll definitely notice this, and you don't have to be a film aficionado to notice this, how it's obvious that they're stunt doubles. Oh, one, of the most, one of the most obvious things uh, – uh, you could, it's just, I mean, the Paul, you could t tell he has fake hair on his chest at certain points. If you look at it now, just looking at a, a publicity photo for Kiss Meets a Phantom of the Park, and it was just all the, the monsters with the stunt doubles, one of the photos. I don't know if you've seen that before, Keith. Uh, is it on uh, the IMDb page? I'm not sure. I was just doing a, an internet search for it, and I started laughing because if you look at the stunt double for peter chris he actually looks like eric singer now in makeup oh that's funny it, it's really i thought it was him like what's he doing i'm like oh it's not him it's the stunt double that's funny 
my favorite of the stunt doubles it was Ace Frehley's. That, that... <laughs> was African American, and it's so obvious. And there's when they're fighting the Universal monsters in the funhouse there. It's so yes. obvious. It's blatant. Yeah, that was the one I was reading. Yeah, the Chamber of Thrills. How Ace just for whatever reason just didn't show up for the filming, and they had the stunt double, Ace's stunt double, do it, and they just said, uh, "Whatever, let's just keep it." Right. Yeah, I I believe it was in Ace's book. He talked about. Okay. He got in a fight with somebody on. Is that what it was? Okay. On, on the movie crew and walked off and just. Okay. Come back for the day. And this time is money, right? When filming, they so just like changing. yeah, whatever. Got yeah. makeup. The kids, little kids are watching this. They're not gonna figure it out, right? You figured it out at nine years old. I'm uh, sure. I didn't figure out that it was horrible, horrible. I just knew that like it was cheap. <laughs> But the, I but when I saw it at fourteen, I immediately could tell their stunt doubles. It was oh, it was yeah, very obvious to me. I mean, <laughs> was, when I got it terrible. again in the eighties, when I got this VHS, beautiful VHS. Cover. Yes, and I love the artwork. The cover is great on the that. The artwork, fantastic. Uh, and that's when I when I saw it for the second time. And now you know, as a teenager, I was like, oh my god. So you mentioned some of your favorite lines in here. Uh, any particular favorite scenes? Um. <laughs> well who doesn't love rip and destroy that was the thing that just confused me the first time instead of um hotter than hell but it's they're singing rip and destroy and the whole premise was that's supposed to incite a riot correct to get, so if you say rip and destroy the the crowds will be like mindless drones and just start acting like maniacs and rip up and destroy the which is kind of funny because you know looking back on it now in hindsight that was kind of how people saw them. When I was a kid, Kiss was evil. They were, you know, I remember when I got the Destroyer album at the Meriden Square at the time. And uh, my mother took me, there was a Friendly's restaurant in there. And my mother took me in there afterward. And the waitress started yelling at her for letting me have that. And uh, so I think that scene is kind of funny in hindsight because that's exactly what people thought they were capable of doing that mm -hmm. they could get the crowd to just do their bidding they could just tell them tear this place apart and we would do it um that was the kind of uh i think that was the most effective scene in the movie when you think about it as an you know from that standpoint and, and it's interesting because that was over my head the first time i saw it i'll tell you what my mindset was as a kiss fan i'm not thinking from the screenwriter's perspective Oh, they must be pissed because the stunt doubles, the the, the robots are getting the lyrics and the, the song wrong. That's why they're angry. <laughs> That's why I'm pissed. I'm like, wait, um, this isn't the right song. You know, that could be part of it, too. You know, the, the people want to hear Hotter Than Hell and they're singing yeah. the wrong lyrics. They could piss them off, especially if they it's have in the, a few hundred beers in them. That's it. It's in the palm of your hand. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> uh, oh, either way. Um, that scene's classic, and I can't stop laughing every time I see it because it's ludicrous. <laughs> it is, and the way they enter their stage as superheroes. Oh, I mean, Ace God. shoots like lightning bolts out of his hand, and then like Peter just appears out of space. Paul shoots a laser beam out of the star, only the star eye, though, right? And then he walks right. on the beam onto the stage. <laughs> and then, then Paul shoots another beam, and that creates like this fireball that Gene comes out. So that was... It was very effective, though. I was just yeah. disappointed the first time I saw Kiss. This didn't happen. <laughs> that's, that's the only problem, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, maybe in their heads it did. Now, but, uh, when's the first time you saw uh, Kiss Keys live? Live, eighty-five. Uh, Asylum. Okay. Okay. I, I wanted to go back in the day. But my mother was convinced I would be stabbed to death by all the drug-addled weirdos. Uh, yes, yeah, there was a certain <laughs> point. Yeah, my father had the rule uh, I had to be 16. That that was a magic age, not 15, but 16. I was uh, I could be able to make the logical decisions. But before that, uh, I wasn't wasn't allowed to. What was your age when you went? Uh, I was 16. That was the magic age, right? I think so. That was the year I went to several concerts for the first time. It was 85. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that was interesting. That's sixteen. Oh boy, I remember paying like twelve dollars and fifty cents for a ticket too. 
that's yeah my brother still has his ticket stub i saw 1990 and that was the hot in the shade tour oh what a great tour it was three times on that tour um last time was eric carr's last show it was yeah right msg i was there on the floor yeah that that's great that you got to see that we have the same thing he has a ticket i forgot what we had like it was floor seats it was like 12th row or so i can't even remember but same thing like 13 dollars yeah you, you're never going to get a seat like that what's going to be now 1500 dollars at a oh kiss concert God. not only that but it back then the, the half the fun was that you had to go to a, a ticketron T- ticketron yes ticket-tron that was the name outlet. and they had one at strawberries up in the meriden area but mostly i would just go to like to the new haven coliseum or the hartford mm-hmm. civic center design and you sat in line yes early like, in the morning right about yeah yeah yes yeah that was fun <laughs> like you don't. it was it anymore. was no no now i just got to go online yeah and they're not bargains anymore like what the fees are now the service fees cost more than the tickets back then it, it almost doubles the, the ticket <laughs> <laughs> and what what handling and whatnot it's all digital nobody's handling anything what are you talking about? yes yeah like yeah, back yeah. in the day Conveni- was- it's a convenience fee remember that's the term you ever read that convenience i'd rather still go up to the window where the clerk was in there and they'd print it out and hand it to you in a little envelope that's oh yes no no that was it was really uh, technology is great but there are the simple things like that that you just you can't replace well you know here's an example john like the new tickets are also digital so they're they live on your phone mm-hmm. so when i saw kiss just this past may up in at the meadows well i had four people's tickets on my phone yeah. so if somebody had to go to the bathroom i had to go with them because oh really and my phone yeah and i was like this is a pain in the ass like the security guards told me they hate it they can't stand it they'd prefer really? a ticket yeah wow i didn't know you had to do that at the meadows oh now. what a pain in the ass I mean, I should have thought about it before we got there and just like distributed them digitally to everybody. Yeah. I just thought, no, well, I'll just, we'll scan them and go in and that'll be that. I didn't know that every time you have to go get a beer or go to the bathroom, you got to rescan them all. No, I didn't know that. I guess, yeah, all right. I keep that in mind now. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> unbelievable. And you can't do screenshots and you can't print them out. You have to. Have oh, that's right. It has to be the actual QR right. code, right? right? Yes. Because I remember reading yeah. that so basically i would have had to transfer like to every person they'd have to accept and you'd screw it up and give your own ticket away i'm sure and then you couldn't go right there you go right <laughs> outside <laughs> have you seen the final tour by the way now that we're yes yeah yes i have yeah it's i've gone it's to fun. six of them now I think. oh okay i've yeah. been to two so all right yeah now i'm well and they said they're gonna continue touring they're not gonna stop they're so. they're gonna stop when their bodies give out on them. Yeah. So the the excuse is because uh, the government shut down with COVID, right? So that's right. why they're extending it. So we'll we'll see when this actually ends. But they're full of crap already because I remember at the beginning Paul said, "When we come through your area, that's it. You are not coming back." And they've been to Connecticut twice now. I think the gimmick is the venue, like the 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 city. So they've been to Bridgeport. Right, I think, the, or no, it's been Mohegan, Mohegan right? Mohegan, Hartford, so then Bridgeport's still open. Yep. Right? So yep. that's, I think that's so the loophole. So the Excel Center, because they were outside at the Meadows. They could do the Excel Center. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll give them, yeah, they'll they'll come up with something. So definitely Bridgeport definitely is, they're going to, I think it, they'll do that. They'll just double the ticket prices because it's a smaller venue. It, right. It's fine <laughs> with me. It's fine with me because this is it. They've been it's with still fun. 45 years of my life and, you know. Yeah. I still have a good time seeing them. Me too. You know? And they, I know they definitely hang it all out there. They don't go out there and go through the motions at all. That's yeah, and you're like me because when I listen to your podcast, it it's not gonna change. Is you're not gonna be disappointed and say, all right, I'm done with the band because they replaced Ace and Peter. And I try to explain to people that really that don't follow Kiss as heavily as us. I said they couldn't do the tour. You don't understand. Peter can barely move his arms. There's no yeah. way he he could do a full, uh, not even a full set. He can't. You know, he can't even. Um, if you've seen him the, with Rob Zombie, he made appearances. Uh, his drummer had to help out Rob Zombie's drummer. They couldn't physically do a tour. I don't see it. No, no. I think he. Uh, 
I think back in 04, I think, when he was in the band the last time, mm-hmm. when they did the symphony thing, he was already talking about the carpal tunnel was killing him. Yeah. He was, like, soaking his arms every day. So he was, You know, he didn't really take good care of himself when he was younger and catches up to you. That's why the current lineup can still do it. They're all in great shape. They don't have any chemical yeah. dependency problems. Yes. I mean, Paul Stanley's 70. He's ripped like he's yeah. 50. Yeah, it's incredible. It is. It, it is amazing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll have to see. They'll, they'll come back, though. Don't worry. They'll, oh, they'll... I'm not... <laughs> You're not worried. You know, Gene, Gene's, Gene will be back to Connecticut. Don't worry. They're going to do a uh, the Vegas residency again, too, at some point. Oh, are they? They postponed it because they found out that, like, Elton John and somebody else was there at the same time. Okay. So they pushed it, but they'll be doing that. So I might trek out for one of those. And I'll probably get to see them. Two more times, I'm guessing, before the big final show in Central Park. Yes, well, that's right. They've been saying that for years that that is going to be the final one, right? That's is it going to be heavy, in Central Park or the rumors? Then I heard Madison Square Garden. I don't think MSG would hold enough people. Um, mm-hmm. I think they should do it in Central Park, and that rumor has it they're going to make it free. Yeah, that's the thing that's hard to believe. That's why. I could see them doing it. The last show ever, just kind of throw it out there, and then you have 200,000 people show up. It's free. Then they'll sell you the Blu-ray and the pay-per-view. I can't believe they haven't done a Blu-ray of this tour yet. Yes. They've changed the stage three times. You figure they, they you know they're recording it. Did, did anybody ever get their Blu-rays for the, um, the Saudi Arabian uh, New Year's Eve? I don't know. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't know because I don't okay. see it on the uh, you know I don't see it for sale anywhere. No, but I remember there's a package deal. I'm sure you saw that. There's all different packages, and then they'll send you. And I saw people complaining like it's been six months and never sent me anything. Oh uh, yeah, it's been like <laughs> what, a year and a eighteen months. Yes. Yeah, so, right? so I'm just curious if anybody got anything by now. Uh, I did cr- see some clips from it though, and it that it without a crowd, it was flat. Yeah, they're like a lot of them are like in their hotel rooms, right? There's like a very small, like tiny. They were, yeah, they were like across. A, there was like a, was a bay or a pond, yeah, and they were all the fans were on the other side of it. So yeah, like the band was on one side, and it just it's too. Deep. It was a little. I I agree. It was it wasn't like the normal Kiss experience, live experience, seeing that. Yeah, because the biggest part of going to a Kiss concert is. You're, it's you're part of it. You're, yeah, the energy, yeah, the, the energy from the crowd definitely is a, a huge part of it. Uh, the other scenes uh, always stuck with me when the the Gene, the animatronic of Gene, comes through the wall like the Kool Aid Man, and the security guards are like that. Right? Do you agree that's a pivotal scene in the film? That's a great scene until he starts breathing fire, and it's like not lined up with his mouth at all <laughs> and, and he's throwing <laughs> guards around like sacks of potatoes and you can see the like the wire and, and that's where i was going to say earlier when you mentioned the, the guy directed wonder woman is the the it, the wire work in this reminds me of the wire work in wonder woman oh, okay yes yes you know yes. like it's just really stilted and stiff and bad you know <laughs> i mean you could tell paul stanley said they did everything in one take it was just I can like believe one it. take. They'd go line. The guy, somebody would feed them their line. They'd say it, and on, on they'd go. So, it's a, it was a miserable experience. What, what were they promised? Star Wars meets a hard day's night. That was yes. That's what the band were told it was going to be. And I know Paul said, I think it was the Hollywood Reporter. He said it was more like the the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> that, that that's what he that's what he said it was like. And I was like, well, he's he's pretty accurate right that's pretty that's spot on i know in ace's book he talked about how angry everybody was that 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 they got like duped like that ace is like i just thought it was funny i just still just laugh at it (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah exactly i mean and another line peter chris was angry too there's an interview in 2004 he said i can't see john lennon beating up getting beat up by dracula and i and i can't see mick jagger wrestling with frankenstein (laughs) yeah Uh, well i thought it was great i disagree with you peter this this was a gem it's a gem (laughs) because it was the apex of their excess and it just this was the crowning jewel of that apex It, it just really was when you look at it now, it's humiliating what they did. I mean, it was just 
terrible. And, and what was Bill O'Coin doing? I was going to say Bill O'Coin's the one who basically pushed this because he gets what was he getting 10 percent of everything yeah so so he's like this is great guys oh really oh, who's making this universal oh no no Hanna Barbera. it's gonna be you're gonna love yeah, Mar- Sid and marty croft like you know, <laughs> what, what, what part of that did not register with bill a coin that maybe he should take a step back you know maybe take a look at the script first maybe take a look at some of the sets and the you know, some of the production design. Nah, we'll just go into it blind and hope for the best. <laughs> I think that was part of their whole hubris and everything. And I know Bill Coin around that time they also started developing a drug problem. So, yes, you know, that could have been part of it, too. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah what you're saying makes sense. Another thing. So he watches a nine. And the first time I saw this, did you care about the sam and melissa these characters well no and that, that kind of goes to the my part about the first half hour 45 minutes yeah so bad because these characters are not interesting in the least now anthony zerby's character is and anthony zerby actually you know did a good job he actually took it seriously too um i would see him later on in uh license to kill james bond Who's in but, that? Um, what, Star Trek. What was he in? Star Trek Nemesis. Star Trek that Nemesis. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Uh, good actor. Good Another good character actor. Like John Dennis Johnson. I said John Henry Johnson. It's John Dennis Johnson. Okay. It's all right. And, um, you're, you're, not, you're not fired. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll fire myself. <laughs> <laughs> you're fired. Um, but yeah, it was just like, and, and of course, at nine years old, I don't care about these characters. I want to see Kiss. That's all. Exactly. I, that's what I came for. Where you, are yeah. they? You know exactly. I mean, I I did enjoy though the bikers. They were <laughs> here's another line too. At nine years old, I'm I'm sure this was totally over your head with um, the Dirty D character, <laughs> and we see we see uh, Chopper and Slime, and Chopper's punching the animatronic gorilla. <laughs> okay, that's that scene, and Anthony Zerby comes over. He's like, please don't hurt Simon. And like, uh, and Slime is talking about how uh, I think he's got he's got the hots for your man or something like that. And then Chopper, just remember who you come with. I'm oh. like, did, 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 do you remember that line? I don't. Yeah, you gotta look back now. I'm like, so when I watched that, I'm like, wow, okay, definitely didn't notice that the first time I saw this. But yeah, so I'm amazed that this they went through. One under the, they got one past the goalie on that one. Yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the the bikers and then the bikers disappearing in the chamber of thrills and being turned into these civil war characters that's right. they're just desserts right that <laughs> right <laughs> anthony zerby this is what you get for punching simon that's it anthony zerby took no prisoners <laughs> whether you were a biker gang or a world famous rock band you were going down <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about the talismans? Did you like seeing those as their? their... I did, uh, and I thought that was pretty clever. Now the Kiss comic book had come out around the same time as well, so the idea that that they were superheroes made sense. And in fact, the first time I saw Kiss, I was up the street at my good friend Tommy Monahan's house, and we were playing Legos or something, and mm-hmm. he was playing the Kiss Live, okay. and we're listening to it. And I said, "What is this?" And he showed me the cover, and I went, "Oh my god." They're comic book, they're a comic book band. They're superheroes that play rock music. I gotta have this. I was sold like the minute I saw the cover. I mean, I liked listen what I listened to, but when I saw the cover, so giving them these magic talismans, these superpowers, just seems like a natural thing to do with them. And they're still doing it in the comic books to this day. And they made actually a Phantom of the Park comic book too, like uh, what a year or so ago. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah. there is like a tie-in to this actually they did they did and then when you go back they had the line of mcfarland figures they were called the psycho circus but they were yeah. kind of like super powered the merchandising never ends keith doesn't never never <laughs> never, never ends comical. i mean they'll put their name on anything it is good and so after the other part with the uh, gene and he's throwing everyone around the uh, the owner Calvin has to find these. The security guards want to press charges, but he but he can't throw them out because he got to make money off this concert first. <laughs> that that he right. explains to them. 
or did they hear with their supersonic hearing, right? They have like they the, have the um, Paul does it with his eye. They have the the, the okay. great pool scene where they're all in those high yes. director's chairs. And uh, you're right, and and they come and kind of plead with him to just kind of can you just hold it down till after the show, you know? Then he'll throw them out. Yeah, they act up, but he's got to get the show because he needs the revenue. And uh, yeah, that's where they they walk away, and Paul does the star thing, and he's honed in on their conversation. He's just plain sweating. He's just plain sweating. These of all these characters, the monsters that Anthony Zerby creates. As Devereaux, why werewolves? The silver, like werewolves, but like right, the silver body suits and like white, white fur. They look attacking like, kiss. Like cosmonaut werewolves. I don't know. What, <laughs> they, they were so random, and they attacked them on a like climbing on a roller coaster first. Roller coaster, yeah, yeah. So Which, random. I don't know if you've read Ace's book. Ace has a great story about that roller coaster. He was there at that park with friends, and it started to rain, and the the kids let the one one last ride go before they shut the park down. Okay. And they got on it, and you know Ace is a he's got like the highest IQ in the band, and he's basically a the self taught engineer on the side, and he knows the stuff, especially mechanics. And he said he felt when the coaster took off, he felt the brakes didn't grab felt it he said uh-oh we're gonna die because the train just kept accelerating and it couldn't stop and it went blew right through the stop the wow. start, you know and the kids just watching and everybody's yelling stop <laughs> <laughs> and it went around again and the, the, he said you could start to feel it was gonna fly right off the track and now it's getting wet on top of it um, and they were all screaming stop the train stop the train and finally the kid realized he could just turn the key and kill the <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ace was convinced that was the day he was going to die, and hasn't happened to him yet. He's no. had so many brushes with death, but <laughs> yeah, but that's the exact coaster that's in the in that scene. Now they do. There's another scene I really like. Besides, I mean, the pool chair scene is great because if you were into the band back then, like I was, I mean, it was just you got a really good look at them, and they're they all have their dialogue, and it was kind of cool. Um. The other scene, and I, I hate the song, but I like the version. They do it with the acoustic guitar. They do Beth. Yeah. No, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, it, it fit the film, actually. That's one scene that actually, where everything just seemed kind of like thrown together, right? That actually kind of fit. It did, and that's when they explained to, what's her name again? Melissa, I think, Melissa, right? That her, uh, how, without the talisman, no powers. We're just ordinary human beings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was another thing from the commentary listening to on the Kissology Two DVD, and she was saying like that was the most memorable thing to her out of all the filming. That she said, "Oh, this is really great," and she, she never heard of Kiss before too. Which can you believe? Someone in 1978, her age was like 25. You never heard of Kiss? I know, right? That's insane, because that scene, to me, is they're their most natural. Like, they're just kind of hanging out, and they're being themselves. Mm -hmm. They're not acting. Yes. I think that's why that scene actually works. And then I love the acoustic version of Beth better than the orchestrated one. So. I agree with you. The other thing, too, now that's in my head, what the, the actress said, when she went on the set, she first met Kiss didn't know it was them. They didn't have any makeup on. Oh. Then she met them later with the makeup on. And she just said, anytime she just saw them, she just saw them as themselves because she saw them first and she didn't see them as these characters. Oh, it was more like natural for her to talk to them as human beings than these like superheroes. That's interesting. Yeah. I can, I can Especially see. back then, that was kind of like very taboo. You know, to... yeah, that was part of the whole mystique is that nobody knew who they were. They really did have secret identities. And I, I remember when I got the double platinum album and the it folded out and it had the embossed faces there i took a piece of paper and a pencil and i tried to you know see what they looked like without the makeup like getting that because their the faces were raised okay up, you know and yes I'd take the makeup off afterward and like oh i wonder what that's what they look like we all was, did these crazy things as kids 
Yeah, um, because I, you'd get Tiger Beat and Cream and all those magazines, and they'd always have the pictures, you know, they're covering their. They'd have they'd have uh, right something over their face, their hands over their face, or they have some like cloth covering over they their face. Like they had right? COVID, homemade COVID masks. Yes, <laughs> basically, <laughs> that's that's what it looked like. Yes. Yeah, and Gene was getting share around that time, so he was all over the tabloids. But yes. Nobody knew what he looked like. You could only see his eyes. And it's funny when you see those pictures now. Because you know what he looks like, it's so obvious what he looks like. Yeah, especially then, Paul is like the most obvious out of all of them, and that's like the one. Yeah, yeah. When they did that unveiling on MTV, I was like, "Well, duh." <laughs> 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 the one that got me on that is I didn't realize that Ace was gone at the time. So when they unmasked Vinnie Vincent, I thought that was Ace. I same same exact thing at the time. That's what I thought. Yeah. Because of similar build, you know, so kind of haircut, everything about it, because I knew Eric Carr had replaced Peter years earlier, but I had yeah. no idea that uh, that Vinny was in the band. Because we never saw really, I mean, he did play Vinny with the Creatures of Night Tour, but, but they I did mean, very few shows and yeah. their career was kind of downhill and they weren't really all over right. The magazines, right? And Yeah, that's where we with the, America. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's that's a shame why we were in the dark. Best albums, like by far one of their best albums. Oh, I agree. It's great. But they had too many, too many missteps before that. I mean, I want to say the solo albums, Dynasty, Unmasked, and the music from the Elder were just four epic disasters, one after the next. Speaking of the talking. solo albums, I, I want to say with, have you watched this recently? Kiss Me to the Phantom of the Park or Attack of the Phantoms? I usually watch it like once a year. Okay. And it's usually around now. Okay, because the Attack of the Phantoms, the music is different. They use all the solo album music and hmm. for whatever reason, instead of the seventies action and cartoon music. Oh. Interesting. Still say Peter's is good. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, for what it is, but I you know again, as an adult, I can appreciate it for what it is, but when you want the drummer from Kids at, at the time, yeah. yes. And I the Gene Simmons, <laughs> and the Gene Simmons one. When I heard Radioactive, I thought it was gonna be heavy, and then I'm like, "What the hell is this?" I know. When, they, <laughs> when you wish upon a star. <laughs> yes. But there's some good stuff on Gene's. Like right. even as a kid, I was like, "All right, it's a mixed bag. It's half and half." Uh, but Peter's, I spent my allowance money on that and sobbed. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh God, my uncle to this day, he goes, "Remember when you were crying because you." I came out of the bedroom at, on like Easter Sunday crying like this. It's my Peter Chris album. He said, is it skipping? I said, no, it's awful. <laughs> I, I figured as a as a child, you'd be singing. That's the kind of sugar Papa likes around oh, the house. I hate no? it. <laughs> Not after hearing Ace Frehley's album. No. Ace is, yeah, that's like, like every song is great. Yeah. I mean, rip it out. I mean, just everything. I mean, I, I can't so say anything bad about it. And Paul's is good, but it's it's. A little poppy. It's it, that's actually unpopular opinion. That's my least favorite album. I think it was maybe too predictable. Just you know what I mean. Maybe yeah. that's why. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just sounds like a poppy kiss album. I, do, I like Love and Chains though. That's the one song I do like. Yeah, this that's a good song. I like. Uh, no, I like quite a few of them. I like Move On. Goodbye's good, but but you're right. Wait. It's uh, it's just soft kiss. But uh, but yeah, so Attack of the Phantoms. That's all over YouTube. If you want to watch it, I gotta watch that one. I have not seen it in a long to time. To watch it with the solo album music instead, it's it does not fit at all. It's so weird. That is weird. Especially when Gene comes through the the brick wall. I think they play Radioactive. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, also, did you notice a Coca Cola product placement all over this thing too? By any I chance? Did. I did. <laughs> I think that's how they got the money to pay for. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> what was the budget on this? Is it listed here? I think it was two million. Does that sound accurate? Oh, two million. That's high. Is that accurate? I don't know if that's that's true though. I don't know. I you don't never see. know what to believe in the internet. Exactly. I don't. Where'd the two million dollars go? Probably their salaries, right? They yeah, Bill Coin pocketed a million. Good. Right, and then split the rest. Good God. And I think they were lining up sequels. I think when they first went into this, they were thinking this would be the first of many. 
movies, and then it was just an epic disaster. But it did. It was number two. Did you read that number two in the ratings in 1978 for oh. uh, for TV movies? I'm not surprised. I mean, everybody tuned in for that reason. Yeah, I mean, number it really one. was like the Beatles being on TV in some movie, you know? But yeah, but it's the type of thing the Beatles can't keep making movies. Well, they, they made a few, I have to say. They made more than you'd expect, right? Yeah, yeah they did. Yellow Submarine still wigs me out, though. That's so, <laughs> so weird. <laughs> That's it. I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about this film. Uh, just that, you know, um, it's so bad it's great. You know, and I, I, I kind of sit in Ace's camp. What else can you do but just sit back and laugh at it and have fun with it? You know, I, I get it, – it kind of makes me – I don't even know how to describe it, but when I hear, you know, Gene and Paul to this day, they're just so pissed off about it that they can't kind of get over it and let it go. And and I I don't know if they felt humiliated by putting their faces and names on this thing instead of just because whatever it is, it it made a generation of kids really happy. We got to see Kiss on TV, and it didn't matter if it was stupid or not. We got to see Kiss on TV, and the concert scenes were awesome. You know, they opened the show with uh, Rock and Roll All Night. Got shouted out loud in there. Rip, rip, and destroy. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. then there's, yeah. there's that weird actual live recording of is it, I Stole Your Love. Okay. It sounds horrible. Like, it sounds like it was recorded <laughs> on the camera mic. Like, yes. You're, you're right. You're right. That was so weird. And it's like Paul's voice is totally overdriven and it sounds awful. Like, why did they not have an actual I, or just use the, the, the record? I don't know. They could have used the Kiss Alive 2 version just right over the top of it. Weird. Um, but but it, it, you know, it, it satisfied my hunger back then, as stupid as it was. It is like this is a, a campy. Uh, it, I don't know if you put this in the same category, but I mean, I'd say. Uh, well the batman the 66 show like that was meant to be campy this wasn't but it's the same appeal i guess you could say i agree i agree i think you know it's a it's a part of history that it's it's a shame that it's not available on like dvd or blu-ray um i took this vhs copy and made a dvd with it um yeah but... yeah the yeah the american version is not officially available i'm gonna put i'm gonna put a link on facebook though it is available on facebook i'm gonna put the i'm gonna put it on the, the shocking things page though so you could watch it but yes it is i don't know if there's some type of rights issue where attack of the phantoms is available on as a bonus feature for kissology 2 but you can't which get is, the tv version now too kissology yes hard yep hard to get yeah so. I wish I'd kept mine. That was so stupid to get rid of. <laughs> I just I mean, there was one. I just decided to sell all my Kiss stuff and was like, I got to get rid of this stuff. It's just yeah. taking space. I'm never gonna watch this stuff again. And I just got yeah. rid of everything. And now I kind of regret that move. <laughs> but it is weird. And I wonder if a lot of that is Gene and Paul. Just they're they're in that camp like with Stan Lee was in with the Fantastic Four, Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. Okay. Just like bury it. Don't ever let it see the light of day. It's it's humiliating. It's gone. It's let's erase it from your memory. That's yeah, a that's a shame. You know, or is it Peter and Ace? Is it Peter because you know he didn't do his dialogue? And I, who knows? I mean, maybe it's a little bit of everything. And the stunt doubles, right? And the stunt—that's what it is. The stunt, stunt doubles, doubles are seen more than the actual band. Yeah, they want the royalties from it. <laughs> Definitely. I know definitely uh, Asa should. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah, that guy. He he, he should win some kind of a rap. He made him look great with all those flips and everything, right? He did. There's that one shot though. He gets like pushed backward, and he lands against the wall, and it's so obvious that it's not Ace. It's it's hilarious. Like just the facial structure is totally different. It's <laughs> It's so bad. Even like as a little kid, I was like, that doesn't look like Ace. Of course, I didn't know about stuntmen back then. I just like thought Ace looked weird. Why he looks weird? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fun Keith, stuff, though. Can you tell everyone uh, where to find you and explain 
what Geek Time TV is. Yeah, uh, that's I, boy, I wish I knew. Um, <laughs> Geek Time TV started uh, started as a podcast, evolved into live streaming on YouTube, and then turned into just a regular YouTube channel because of time constraints and whatnot. Yes. But uh, basically, we we used to kind of keep up with the headlines and comment on all that stuff but now we just make like uh short videos about whatever strikes our fancy it's it's started as 10 of us now it's down okay. to two wow 10 yeah 10 uh there were five core for all of 2020 um and then one by one they kind of found other things to do <laughs> yeah no and that left yeah. me and my buddy edson gomes so we're trying to keep it going um we've actually we finally got monetized this year which was cool Oh, and, good. Yeah, good. it's not much money. It's pizza money, but it's still cool. Um, you get a couple bucks for each video you drop and whatnot. But uh, hopefully, we could pick it back up. I miss doing the live streaming. We had built up a pretty good audience at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but that's pretty much it's kind of just we squeeze stuff in when we can. And it's just been both of our schedules have been horrible this fall. So we go now like sometimes 10, 14 days without dropping anything. Okay. Which is, yeah, because I know you were doing like every day, right? At one point, you're every we were couple pretty, days we were doing a, a lot. We go in, yeah, and you know, twenty one, twenty and twenty one, I had the luxury of being homebound more. But so the, yeah, so you had the time to do it. Traveling a lot, and and the last thing I want to do after a thirteen hour day is sure in front of make a video. You know? Totally understandable. <laughs> so, totally understandable. But I I enjoy. I like that you did, which a lot of people don't talk about the shield. Yes, the, that's my favorite the, show of all time. That is, yeah, that's, I'm not big into cop dramas, but that is a great, great show. I'm glad you did an episode on that. Yeah, I hate cop shows. And when my buddy Paul said, you got to see this edgy cop show, I was like, oh, oh, what do they say, ass in it? <laughs> oh, like, it's just, you got to see this. And I, I watched the pilot and I was like, holy crap. But I didn't want to let on that I liked it. And yeah. I was like, oh, do you have another episode? I just want to kind of... <laughs> It's all right. No, it's phenomenal. And I, yeah. watching it now, 20 years later, I cannot believe they got away with that on basic cable. Yeah, especially when the the, the cell phone was stolen. Uh, that whole thing. Oh, uh, right. What he had to that that scene was uh, right. Oh, <laughs> just incredible. Like they're just the end of season five, Lem's fate. I sat there in the dark for 20 minutes after that. Like that didn't just happen like wow yeah, yeah. I, have to, I have to rewatch them all i haven't seen them since they aired so i have to rewatch them oh you'll well, you won't but when you start hearing these what the characters say and do like that would never fly in 2022 <laughs> yeah yeah i can't believe i mean it was it really was uh groundbreaking and it set up fx it was their first original show and it set them up and look at what they've done since and did you watch Sons of Anarchy by any chance yeah. or no? Was I the did. Same was the Sean Ryan. Sean Ryan. The... Kurt, Kurt Sutter was the head writer on that. Kurt Sutter and, was phenomenal. And uh, Cletus Van Dam makes. I, I love how they tie that in. <laughs> Cletus Van Dam. And then Justified, of course. I loved as well. I never watched it. So now oh. I have to put that on my list. I have to watch this. That when the shield ended i was like what am i gonna do now and a year later out comes justified and it was like oh thank god okay yeah if you love timothy oliphant he is just awesome and walter goggins walter i know that goggins right. takes shane it's the shane character to a whole like, okay next level. all right and put it on my list yeah you'll love it it's only six right. seasons, but and there's a, actually they're they're bringing it back for like six episodes oh wow okay now yeah all right all right when i have free time that's i gotta watch that now. yeah yeah good stuff FX has, I don't think they've ever really fallen down with any of their original shows. They're all very good. All right, that's it. So everyone go to Geek Time TV on YouTube. And yeah, we are shocking the, things. What's that? Twit -twat. We're on the Twit Twat and the Facebook. Oh, the Twitter machine. The Twitter machine, the Twitter and, machine the and the Face Plant at Geek Time Net. Because it used Geek to be Time a network Net. of people, but not. Okay, so Geek Time <laughs> Net is what I have to search for. Gotcha. On. Awesome. Thank you again, Keith. This was a. Great time talking to you. Yeah, it was cool. I can't wait till we do uh, Trekkies. Yes, yes. It'll, that'll be fun, too. Definitely. That will be. All right. Thank you, and try and enjoy the daylight. 
Thank you for listening. If you enjoy Shocking Things and want to support the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Radio, or wherever you listen to this podcast. Sharing the episodes you enjoy on social media also helps. To see more information pertaining to each episode, please go to our social media and interact with us. On Instagram, it's at shocking.things.podcast. On Twitter, at thingsshocking. And on Facebook, at shockingthingspodcast. Or go to anchor.fm slash shockingthings for the main hub for the links to everything. Until next time, try and enjoy the daylight.